0: everybody, I'm Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet, about to be joined by Ken Weeb from the Winnipeg Free Press. Together we are Kenny and Rennie. This is the Kenny and Rennie post-game show after this a little bit of a wake-up call? Are we already getting into the pristine roofing wake-up call and we're not even 45 seconds into the show here? I think so. I think the Winnipeg Jets got a little bit of a pristine roofing wake-up call here tonight, so you know what that means. Time to give North End Rick the pristine roofing wake-up call at one You don't want to give North End Rick the call. You can give it to one 237 7663 but hey, he's the guy you want to talk to for everything that you need As far as roofing, exteriors, uh, siding, all those different kind of things. Um, And just a reminder about uh, their campaign to give away a free roof. Uh, So it's one of those situations where you have a neighbor. You have someone you know, a house you pass by on the street on your way home, someone who looks like they need a new roof and aren't in a position to do that for themselves. Pristine Roofing wants to help. They want to give whoever that person is a hand so you can get a hold of North End Rick at 1-204-981-6289 and uh, he uh, he can help. He can help deliver brand new roof to someone in need because that's what pristine roofing is trying to do good on them for trying to do that anyways pristine roofing wake up call Uh, i'll say this Winnipeg Jets. Um, we've talked all of this about them. What was it? They would win seven of their last eight games, or, or something like that. Uh, I think this is a game that probably shows a little bit that uh, you know the, the the wrestling character that I've been working on lately. The truth, the truth teller. I think there was a lot of the truth telling going on in the last little while when we talked about the Jets. Even though they're being on this winning streak, their standard slipping. Eventually, the Jets started talking about that over the last couple of games. Rick Bonus. Talked about it. Brandon Dillon talked about it after their last win. This is why these kind of things are important. So, yes, the Jets won seven of their last eight games, and they went on a heater before that five-game loss they had before that. But I find this interesting. The Jets now, uh, in this streak uh, since Christmas time have essentially had a cakewalk of a schedule. And a lot of the wins they've racked up. They've racked up against some pretty bottom-feeding teams. The teams over the playoff line that the Winnipeg Jets have played of their last six games against teams over the playoff line, the Winnipeg Jets have lost five of them. Um, So what I'm seeing from this team for the vast majority of the time since uh, after Christmas is a team that schedule – has allowed its standard to slip, has allowed this team to not necessarily play to the top of their game, has hidden them behind a lot of people who say, you know, they're finding a way to win and good teams find ways to win and all this kind of stuff. But the fact of the matter is the Jets have not fared well against the teams who matter. Uh, And I thought tonight that first period was really a good example of a team that walked into this game uh, having, you know, not, reached their standard for a number of games before that, and then just found themselves in the middle of a pressure test against the Dallas stars and didn't work out, uh, as well as they would have hoped to in that first period. Now I don't necessarily think that the scales were tipped as, as far as people thought it was. I do think that the jets, um, I do think that the jets in this game in the first period, um, They were outworked a little bit. The Logan Stankovin turnover that he creates against Mason Appleton uh, for that third goal. Um, You know, the Jets do this all the time with their back pressure and they're back checking and when they do it we talk about what great uh, what great work they're putting in and all of these kind of things and then here I was seeing a lot of negative talk about Mason Appleton I mean these kind of things happen sometimes the other team just makes good plays and Logan Stankovan boy oh boy talk about another find for the Dallas Stars in their drafting that scouting staff uh, like the Jets gives the Jets a run for their money two teams that really really know how to find value in the draft um, clearly Cole Perfetti's turnover at the beginning uh, not not, The kind of play that you want to make. These are the things I'm talking about, allowing your standard to slip. You probably get away uh, with a pass like that against the Chicago Blackhawks, Uh, maybe even against the St. Louis Blues, probably against the San Jose Sharks, teams that the Jets have been making hay against. You don't get away with that play against the Dallas Stars. And if I'm being honest, I don't love the positioning of Vladislav Nemesnikov, where he is to receive that pass. Um, He needs to be closer to the boards in that situation there. if If you're asking me so I don't pin this all on Cole Perfetti but based on the talks that we've been having about where he is not necessarily a good look for a player who can't seem to produce points whose bread and butter in the NHL is going to be about producing points and now finds himself on the fourth line you can't in a game like that be allowing your fourth line to burn you that's what happens in this situation so another tough one for Cole Perfetti um Vladimir Nemeskov, I thought he had a really good game. I, I'm going to try and sum this up as quick as I can. I actually thought Connor Hellebuck was the best goalie in that game. The old Rennie standard that he talks about now and again jake ottinger i didn't think even though the jets pushed quite a bit harder in that second period i don't think he was overly tested in that game uh the jets started to make it a little more confusing for him in the second period getting bodies to the net uh but for the most part uh i didn't see him scrambling often the jets weren't making a move from side to side um so t- to me there needed to be a little bit more of a challenger but The the be all and the end all of this game is that the Dallas Stars are a team the Jets have now lost three goals to and MBHA hockey plug your ears because I know it hurts your heart to hear me to say it but the Dallas Stars are a good hockey team the Jets are trying to find the standard against that team they need to find the standard against that team. Because from what I take away from the Colorado avalanche, regardless of where the Winnipeg jets um, finish, whether it's first or second or a third, I don't have i I don't have a ton of faith in the Colorado avalanche hockey team as they stand, unless they did something dramatic at the trade deadline. So in my mind, If the Winnipeg Jets are going deep in the playoffs this year, it is going to take beating the Dallas Stars in either the first, more likely the second round. And the Jets haven't found the recipe against them so far. They can't score against them. Uh, Dallas, when they do get the lead, are shutting it down fairly efficiently. All those people who wanted to hang and say, OK, the Winnipeg Jets had a slow start in the second period. They were the better team and all that. They threw out the window in the third period where the Dallas Stars really were the team that made the biggest push. There's no doubt about it. Who was the better team on the ice here tonight? Jets are still, in my mind, first place. They've got a higher points percentage. They're only two points behind Dallas, and they've got four games in hand. But uh, this was... If you want to get to these things, every game this year against the Dallas Stars has been a measuring stick game. And for me, the, the the Winnipeg Jets, they're making the playoffs. I still think they're winning the division, to be quite honest with you. I don't have a lot of qualms about them doing that. But for the Winnipeg Jets now, it's about finding a way to prepare to win games just like this game here tonight. Um, and the Jets haven't found a way to do it against this team so far this year. I, I guess if you're stacking it all up and you're taking a look at the teams, the jets are likely going to have to get past to get to the Stanley cup, which is where they want to go. I'm very, very, uh, I don't want to say certain. I'm a very much the belief that Dallas stars will be one team they have to get through. And then it's going to be another team like the, uh, Vegas golden Knights or the Edmonton Oilers, all teams with wins against the jets this year, jets with only one win against any of those teams so far this year. This year So a standard game Jets are yet to meet the standard despite how well they're doing in the standings. That's my take on the whole thing. Time to bring in Ken Weeb, the man with the best music in the business for his take on the whole thing. Here comes Kenny everybody. Kenny, only one of us here tonight is looking like a Vittorio Rossi, man. That's clearly you. That tie, I've seen that tie before. Uh, that is a Vittorio Rossi tie and and a beauty, a beauty that I handed over to Ken Weeb because, look, it brings out his eyes better than it brings out mine. I've known enough about this kind of stuff because I've learned about color patterns and things like that from our main man, Frankie. Uh, so you know what to do. If you want a guy who can even teach a dimwit like Rennie how to put together a good color patch so that a guy like Ken Weeb looks like a million bucks right now, uh, you want to head over down to Vittorio Rossi on Cordon and You walk in, loudly proclaim Kenny and Rennie sent you. Ask for Frankie and the boys. I wonder, does anyone actually, when they go there, loud loudly proclaim that we sent you because if you're not, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's what you're supposed to be doing. But anyways, loudly proclaim Kenny and Randy sent you. Ask for Frankie and the boys. They'll do you upright and you'll get like gorgeous clothes, like what Ken's wearing and that tie. It's good stuff. Ken, what's going on, man? What do you think of that game?
1: Well, uh, what I thought was that the uh, Jets did what you've been asking, Rick Bonus; they've been doing for the last two weeks. And, and he finally had an outpouring of, Uh, Truth serum, I think. I mean, he had definitely said this morning he was, um, you know, things had slipped, and they needed to improve, and they would improve, and they did not improve today. Or they certainly did not improve in the first period today, uh, is what I would say. Um, I Actually... (laughs) This is crazy, and this is not rose-colored glasses talking here. The Jets actually had a good start to the game, Sean. But as soon as Mason Marchment got behind the Jets' defense after that redirection chance by Alex Follow, they completely went away from their game and started to do the things that had been giving them trouble, even though they've been able to gloss them over with four wins in a row and seven out of eight against inferior opponents no matter the jets aren't calling them inferior opponents but they're below the playoff line and rick bonus told me this morning sean if we play like that against elite teams we're not going to win hockey games there and we go he saw the future and the future was not kind to the winnipeg jets uh in terms of you know being being uh, sharp and on their game they were not on their game um you know there were moments sure But they did not play Winnipeg Jets hockey. Uh, The slipping standard was slipping in those areas. It's not like the Jets got steamrolled, but they allowed the door to be open. And once they left it ajar, the Stars kicked it right down. And, Sean, you're right. This game's 5-1 without Connor Hellebuck in the game playing the way that he did. Before before Um, the empty
0: netter. That's what I mean, yes.
1: Yes. I mean, it's 4-1 in the game, but this game could have been way a blow. It could have been a blow-up, no doubt about it. Uh, I didn't like the defensive uh, zone play. I I, I mean, I know what you're saying, that, that the winger should be lower, but Cole Perfetti can't make that pass unless the winger is where you want him to be uh for me personally you're right
0: uh, okay you're right ken sorry i'm just going to stop you just quickly. i know what you're, you're saying right.
1: you're sorry right. you're right uh, like I,
0: I i think he needs to be lower i think he also needs be, to be more co- out, like closer to the boards so agreed he, give him a better outlet but you're you're but he wasn't, pressured. He right. wasn't pressured he wasn't pressured he yes he had the puck pass, he looked up and he kind of blindly threw it, it. I, I just, I, I didn't want it to all fall. No, no, top. no, it's totally so, not. And to be honest, I think Vlad Nemesnikov was the Jets' best player on the ice tonight. Oh, yeah. So I don't mind him sharing a little bit in in, in the blame on that goal, because otherwise he had a phenomenal night. But I, I, I guess I just wanted to make sure like, it, it's an overarching symptom. Like, it's an easier pass to make if the guy where he's, guys where he's supposed to be, because he's not along the boards, Perfetti is trying to go around the check off the boards and to the player he doesn't quite get it there and it's a good check. Teams like this aren't going to allow you to make plays like that whereas teams like San Jose and Chicago and Arizona are. So it's a little bit of the Jets coming out of the gates and not being used to being under that kind of pressure. Um, but I just wanted to make sure because I know I don't know. It's it's like the Hellebuck thing. I remember everyone was, oh, saying, no, that I sure. was saying that Hellebuck was terrible. I, I've been saying this for the longest time. I think Connor Hellebuck is the Vesna Trophy winner this year, but I'm not afraid to, to To point out the idea that he's benefiting from the Jets and I'm not calling him down by doing that. So I know when I've talked about Cole Perfetti and how he's ended up where he is there's probably a segment of people out there who think you know mean old Sean is being mean to to Cole Perfetti and trying to say he should be out of the league and people are already defending him and stuff like that. I try and just call it as I see it Um, but I want to make sure that it's known that Cole Perfetti isn't on an island but he's the main player in that turnover
1: but there was support that should have been there that was not there. Sorry, no, don't. no, no, Sorry. no, 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 my fault. And the other, I'll be happy to share the blame also because it happened right in front of me. And I'm not blaming Neil Pionk for trying to jump up ice. He's expecting the play to be made. The Jets are being told to activate, but in this case, the activation by Pionk creates that odd man rush down low, and and Brendan Dillon did the best that he could. And Jason Robert, like Jason Robertson, this is hilarious, Sean. Jason Robertson is almost a point per game player who just scored his 20th goal, but we're all looking at it like he's having a down year because he was over a hundred points last year. So you you can't leave the puck on the stick of a guy who had over a hundred points last year. And again, I'm not blaming Neil Pionk. His job is to activate, but that's why you can't turn the puck over. That's why Rick bonus has been pounding the table about puck management that cannot be turned over at the blue line when the other defenseman is between the sec uh, between the blue line and the red line uh you know again and, and self-inflicted wounds ha- wounds has been a common theme there was a bad line change in there on one of the goals and then as you mentioned I think already Mason Appleton that puck he's in control of the puck and then lost it right I mean play's got to be made um oh, anyways I, it, it was, it was I, I, not a good it was not a good effort by the jets i mean there were some things they did well uh and again for the folks just to clear it up if you didn't happen to see the post game with rick bonus and myself gabriel velarde was not benched for the third period folks gabriel velarde is hurt and he probably won't play on saturday he's not hurt or sorry he is hurt upper body he didn't have a shift in the in the uh, third period. I think he, his last shift was with 506 in the second. He did not have a good game today. That's true, but this isn't Rick Bonus picking on Gabriel Vellardi. That's a big issue if he can't go during the TV timeouts or broadcast timeouts. Gabriel Vellardi was trying to get his legs going, but it wasn't his legs. He was he was at the end of the bench trying to encourage his teammates, but he couldn't get out on the ice for the third. And now he's in a question mark, and it's back to back on the weekend. So. I mean, now you're without one of the top-line players for it probably at least one game and likely two. So guess what that means? That means that Cole Perfetti is probably going to get himself some top six minutes again, and now it's up to him to step up and do something with those minutes. He did get some of those minutes in the third period today. Again, outside of the pass, I saw signs from Perfetti again. But right now, Sean, we've been talking about this for a long time. The Jets scored plenty during the four-game winning streak, but when they play teams that are very sound and stingy defensively, sometimes there are issues with them being able to score in those games. So that's a big thing coming up. There's one week until the deadline, and that was a hot topic today, obviously with the Stars picking up Chris Tanev, who we both had. On the wish list of the Winnipeg Jets, or anticipated that he would be on their wish list, as Pete DeBoer said this morning. Pretty much every contender in the NHL wanted to acquire Chris Tanev, and not only do the Jets not get him, he goes to the team that they're 0-3 against. And Sean, I'm I'm here to tell you, and we talked about this last show, Chris Tanev is going to be to Dallas what Sean Monahan is to the Jets. Every single area that the that the stars need a check mark, he's going to provide that mm-hmm. physical guy, high character guy. You can play him with Haskinen, you can play him with Harley, you can play him with Lindell, and the guy's going to give you twenty two plus minutes and be a warrior. So, anyways, it, it, there's a lot to lot to work out here uh, as we continue. I'm going to step back from the table and and then we're going to dig in because there's a lot of things that we're going to need to talk about here today after this game. For sure, for sure. Before we do that,
0: do you want to give Sweet Lou a shout-out?
1: Sure. For folks who have realty needs they'd like to have met, whether you're buying, selling, okay. maybe curious what the uh, house on that corner might be going for or worth, contact Lou Ferlin at Page Dynamic Realty, 204-791-9971, or at the office, 204-989-5000. His email is lou at ca. That's L-O-U at... L-O-U-F-U-R-L-A-N dot C-A. Lou Furlan, excellent realtor, excellent human being, and excellent supporter of the community, including this podcast. If you have realty needs you'd like to have met, just like we tell you with Vittorio Rossi, tell Sweet Lou that Kenny and Rennie sent you and he will take care of all matters regarding real estate.
0: To your point about uh, the, the stars acquiring Tanev, um, Logan Stankerman, uh coming into that lineup. like. Yeah. So essentially, if you're the Winnipeg Jets, and so that's something we're going to have to get to here with a week to the trade deadline, uh, I'll be, uh, you're, you're going to be there too. Yeah, we, we'll both be yeah, in, Seattle, we'll with the in Jets Seattle when that happens. Um, the, the Stars go out and they address a need on defense. They've got Ottinger in goalie hasn't had the best year, but my guess is the uh, Ottinger, you'll see the best version of him come playoff time. Dar- the stars are an extremely deep team like they've got an extremely deep lineup and if they were looking to add to their lineup logan stangeman came in tonight and looks like he's one of their better players like they don't need this is that whole thing about how the jets were talking about you know okay well we won't add anyone we'll just wait till uh um uh, when when Kyle Connor was injured. He'll come back and he'll be our trade died, deadline acquisition. Well, this is a trade deadline acquisition for the Dallas Stars. Logan Stankoven is a phenomenal player. He was destroying the NHL after he destroyed the WHL. He's been on a crash course with the league. I'll be honest with you, Ken. I just saw a report that came out and it was talking about the best prospects outside the NHL and I looked at the list and the one thing I looked at right off the bat was if Logan Stanley is not or Sorry, Logan Stankovan is not one of the top three players on this list. I don't take this list very seriously. You get a new list. Yes, yeah. Because because Stankovan, you knew he was coming. And now you've seen like and talk about a player that, okay, that's great. If he's putting the puck in the net for you, which he is, three goals in his first four games with the stars. But do you see how often they used him tonight? You see how often he was on the ice? And never mind when he's on the ice, do you not notice him every single time he steps on the ice? And it, I can I feel a little bit different about that play by Appleton. I, I just think sometimes players make good plays. Appleton had no idea Stankovic was coming. Stankovic, with no, no. the crazy, crazy good hustle there, makes that play happen. I think sometimes you just have to concede that good players make good plays. And Logan Stankovic did that. But just to the point of the Jets, uh, you know, and what they need to address, which we're going to get into here. This is kind of my way of getting into it, but talking about like people say, I think the West runs through Dallas at some point. And Dallas is the team that went out and got a really good guy on defense. They've got their goaltending. They've got depth. And now they're adding a guy like Stankovan. Um, Boy, oh boy, they've done their work. If they if the stars didn't do anything else between now and the end of the trade deadline, I think that they've taken care of a, a good chunk of their business. I don't know that they need to add. I think they can be comfortable and see if something falls into their lap. Um, is this a game that proves to you that the Jets need to make a move? Because I know a lot of people in the chat room, Nick Lyon, I'm talking about Pionk being exposed on a night like this. Uh, we've talked before about Perfetti and met whether someone maybe has to come in uh, if he doesn't necessarily fit that fourth line role and can't find his way up into the second line or the first line, which he's not going to do with a performance like he had tonight. Um, are the Jets in
1: must-add territory? Yeah, quickly. uh, Yeah, and again, I'm not saying it was a bad play by Appleton. It just was, it's another example of puck management, a turnover in the neutral zone in a game where they were talking about how dangerous the stars are off the rush. When you, you know, again, I agree totally. That's a great play by Stankoven. And I love the way that he played. And and I'm going to be honest with you. This is my first time watching him live. And I'm going to tell you, Sean, Rick Bonus got my attention. Uh, You know how much time we spent around the Tampa Bay Lightning. When yeah. Rick Bonus his oh, answer to me this morning exactly
0: what he's gonna say is that he reminded
1: question? him of Braden Point. He has been That's in the league for five say. minutes. But That's what he's what exactly right. Like he's Rick exactly Bonus right. Rick Bonus is not prone to gross exaggeration, but when you get compared to Braden Point, it, it, with three games on your NHL resume, and Sean, for the people who are unaware. Rick Bonus is fairly familiar with Braden Point because he was there when he broke into the NHL. Yeah. So you're not just giving this lip service. This is genuine enthusiasm for a player who gets the whole undersized. Oh, can he do it at the NHL level? Was dominating the American Hockey League, and that's you know what I think that's going to be one of the best things for him. Not that Stankoven needed it. Uh, you know, he's a guy who had to work for everything that he's had. As a guy who covered the American League for 10 years, I love that they sent him to the American League and made him go through that heavy lifting uh, as a young player, and he dominated at the level. So good on him. But yeah, I mean, back to the original question about the Jets. I I couldn't agree more. And Sean, two, two things. You and I have been talking about this for months now. And I wrote about it for the free press as my pregame story. And there were some fascinating answers from both rooms today and from Jim Nill, the general manager of the stars, you know, guys are kind of trying to downplay the whole thing because a, you don't want to be looking like you don't want to play someone, but let's get real. If you're the jets, you'd like to avoid seeing Dallas as long as possible. So in this case, You need to finish first if you're the Jets and you want to achieve that. Matt Duchesne gave a great answer. When there's three teams that can win the division legitimately and you can avoid having to watch those two teams beat themselves over the head, potentially for seven games in a first round before you potentially play them in the second uh, round, of course you would take that every single time. But... You know, at the same time, Duchesne was quite frank. You you can't be an idiot and say you don't want to play someone, give them bolt and board material, and then watch the eight-seed steamroll you because right. you weren't ready to play them. But, yep. A, I think it means the Jets better buckle down in the last 24 games if they want to be a team that goes on a long run. That's not to say that they can't. And as I mentioned, if a team wants to win the Stanley Cup, you're going to have to beat four great opponents which, again, is what Adam Lowry told me this morning. They know that, but it, there's a big difference between facing a 7 or 8 seed and facing Colorado or Dallas or in the Pacific if you got to face Edmonton or Vegas or Vancouver, depending on how that works out. And you can't even count out L.A. yet, to be quite frank. So uh, in terms of the trade deadline, Sean, absolutely the Jets should be adding. They They know it. You and I know it and the rest of the league knows it. That's not to say the Jets are not a bad team. They're a very good team, but at at the very least they need to add some depth, whether that's on the back end and they need to potentially add some scoring. So for me, no doubt the Jets need to add and should add. And that's and I get it. That's tough for some guys on the periphery of the roster. This is not a participation ribbon league. If the jets it's wide open to win for them and other teams. And that means they're going to have to add to this roster. I'm not saying go out and add 10 players by any stretch, but I think they probably need to add one defenseman and potentially one forward, probably a bit more size. This was an, I'm not saying the jets didn't get pushed around, but they certainly didn't impose their will on the stars today. And again, you want to get out of the West, you're going to have to beat a couple teams that are really physical.
0: Um, I just wanted to bring something up here because I've seen it happen a couple of times. Dorian uh, case says McGrory can be our Stankovin, or will we get in our own way? Don't do this. We've seen this before. This to me reminds me of the uh, Logan Stanley is the next Zadino Chara conversation that was happening here. Listen, I don't think it's good to put this kind of pressure on someone. And and just like, it, it's the same thing that that we've been talking about for a long time. It's always the next Jets players coming up and they take, like I remember the Billy Hainala, and I don't know what he's going to become, but I remember the Billy Hainala comparisons to Colorado's, young star defenseman right. and just yeah. at that time it's like like people need to pump the brakes on this like majority you don't know what's going to happen you definitely don't know that you can just grab him and throw him in and you're not listening to what ken just said here like logan Stankovin was probably ready to play in the nhl at the beginning of this year i remember being surprised at the beginning of the year. That he did not start with the Stars. But they put him in the AHL. And they let him season. And they let him build his confidence. So that he's ready to do this. Like that, that, There's a step to be taken on the way. Kyle Connor played in the AHL. Before he came up. And played with the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, um, Josh Morrissey. Adam Lowry go on and on and on these players come up so like th- th- this is this is a lot to ask from a player and you know one in a mil- one in 100 times someone's going to be right with this and a guy like McGroarty will come up and he'll just hit and he'll go and he'll be phenomenal and he'll he'll be great but 99 out of 100 times what you're doing in this case is you're making a completely unfair comparison to Rutger McGroarty asking him to come up and start doing immediately what what we're seeing right now from logan stankovan so you just uh, you can't do that everyone looks at their prospects and thinks that they're the next big thing and i get it and everyone wants their young people to play and be thrown in and just get into it and that kind of stuff like logan stankovan walks in and is blowing up the nhl because he was over ready for the nhl if you pulled up McGroity, I'm not saying he couldn't be a really good player, but starting out and just aw- like saying, you know, come on, Jets, get your act together, bring this guy up and put him in the lineup. That is a lot to ask. I don't think people understand how much they're asking. Ken, I'd like to yeah, no, specific- just quickly,
1: G- Jim Nil worked for the Detroit Red Wings for a long time who are known for marinating their prospects with the Grand Rapids Griffins until they're ready. And I love a lot about Rutger McGroity's game. His his game should translate to the National Hockey League, but you are, as Sean said, you're asking a lot to expect him to jump in and be a top six player uh, immediately. I I think he can come into the lineup and be an effective player. I don't know if that's on the fourth line or the third line. Eventually, he could. He's going to be a top six player eventually, uh, but I I don't think the Jets are counting on him. Uh, being a guy that plays on the top six for game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, unless uh, something changes dramatically. Anyways, we'll be talking about Rutger McGrory plenty uh, for right. the next several months. And, 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 and
0: hold And hold on a second here. Uh, Justin Laniak says here, at least did it with Matty Nyes last year. I'd at least give Rucker a chance to grab a spot. I'm not saying don't do this. Oh, yeah. I'm saying stop trying to compare him to a guy who walks into the league and has been over-ripened to the degree that when he gets brought in, is put in a successful situation, by the way, right? Like, you're also talking about making sure that a guy comes in. Like, who was he on the ice with tonight? Jamie Ben was on his way. And Wyatt right? Johnston, who's, who was one of the Calder candidates last year. Exactly. So you get a Calder candidate and you get a, a former league MVP and that's <laughs> right. how you and break Rocket into Field. the league. Like, again, this is, so Justin, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree that and I thought Maddie Nyes looked looked good with the Leafs last year. I'm not saying that this can't be done. I'm saying the automatic comparison that we see, well, this player can be that player. It's a lot to ask. What, what you, the expectation that you want to put on Rutger McGrady are hey maybe he can play some games down the stretch and then if he comes in and he shows well hey maybe he can stick around for a little while and then if he ends up being effective to that degree that you think you can take him into the playoffs hey maybe we give him some games in the playoffs and if he sticks there you go there you don't say this guy is this guy uh, same as again I was hearing that Billy Hanalo is Kale McCarr hey if right. Billy Hanalo is Kale McCarr he's a little bit behind the development curve right now so all the people who are making those comparisons you're you're a number of years off if it is going to happen so um can uh, specifics do you think do you see specific spots like are you targeting like if i'm looking for someone i think one of the things that i'm looking for and yes i've talked about busting up uh you know I, I'm not busting up the third line but i would think a mason appleton is a player i would be targeting to maybe move down the lineup to get someone onto that third line who can add some grit, but also a scoring punch to try and get that line going again. Because as we've seen that they have not been scoring the way they did at the beginning of the year. I wonder if there's an expectation that they would re regroup and, and recapture what we saw at the beginning of the year. Or if it's the idea that as, as the year goes on, things get more defensive and it gets harder for a line that looked to be outscoring their past their past production in the NHL, players like Lowry, players like Appleton, maybe not so much Nino Niederreiter, but is it too much to ask for them to get back there given how tight things get into the playoffs?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, Mason Appleton plays hard, and Rick Bonus, we know how he feels about his defensive game and how he feels about him with 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 Adam Lowry. So, I mean, I'm not 100% certain. I would say that there's, there would be a chance that – Um, Alex Iafalo, I've been pounding this drum for a long time when I've talked about Nino Niederreiter potentially moving up. Alex Iafalo is a guy that could potentially slide into that spot at some point, Uh, but I'm not certain that's the direction they're going to go. Yeah, Um, that was my original, at the beginning
0: of the year, that was my original third line.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, and the, and the other part of that too, Sean, they also could go out and get a centerman and move Nemes- Like, we know that Nomestikoff has played with Lowry um, last year when he arrived. And uh, they, they, went up, they went up he'd against Con- or Connor McDavid and did a great job against them uh, also. So then you bring in a, a guy maybe like Tommy Novak from the... Uh, Nashville Predators we know how Winnipeg feels about the uh, you know Minnesota Mafia four years at U of M I mean he's a guy that made it through the American Hockey League um, 17 goals 43 points in 51 games last year this year production down slightly 12 goals 32 points in 50 games um you know not a big banger 6-1 179 but you know plays hard uh, I could see him as a as a fourth line guy um, you know Nick, Nick Lynham just mentioned Anthony Mantha. I've been talking about him the last little while. Like, there's a six foot five, two hundred thirty four pound uh, offside winger that has some bite to his game. Um, pending UFA in Washington, Washington probably not going to make the playoffs. So, and again, I think Mantha's a guy the Jets have had uh, on their radar previously, whether it's his draft year or you know one of the years where he was moved um, initially. So, yeah, I do think they need to move. And again, it's not. I'm not saying the Jets are struggling in these areas, but if you want to beat the caliber of team, we know how good the rosters were, Sean. The year the Oilers got swept, you know we know Dreisaitl was hurt, but look at the Oilers roster this year compared to the roster in 2022 when they got bounced. Look at the Oilers this year compared to last year when they pushed Vegas to six games. And for the Jets to even get to Vegas or Edmonton or Vancouver, they're going to probably have to beat one of, if not both of, Dallas and Colorado. So, um, yeah, I think the roster needs a little bit of a shot in the arm. This is a great roster. They've got a bunch of guys who uh, play hard for each other. They have a lot of great qualities as a team. But you're talking about four rounds of playoffs, Sean. Four rounds is a long time. And you'd have to have a lot of guys going at a lot of times. The Jets had a lot of guys going in two different rounds. And then they had a lot of guys go quiet in the third round uh, against Vegas. And that's natural for young players. So uh, I do think they're going to have to add for sure uh, to the four augment their forward group. And I do think that the jets defense could use an upgrade, whether you're looking at, uh, you know, a third pairing guy or potentially a second and then shuffling some things around. Uh, I don't know exactly how Kevin shovel feels about that or how Rick bonus feels, um, you know, for a long time, we've been hearing that the Jets wanted to give Vili uh, Hanel a test run before the trade deadline, but that doesn't seem like it's likely going to happen. So does that mean, Sean, that they're going to leave that, you know, 800000 to a million dollars of cap room open to recall him after the 23-man roster is set? Uh, or after the deadline, I mean, where you can call up players as long as you fit them under the cap? I don't know, but it seems likely that if they, have, they haven't done it until now, that they're probably going to wait until after the deadline is over. And by then, yeah. they want to be nail- drilling down on the details for whoever else is brought in if they bring in somebody else. So uh, it's going to be a fascinating week ahead. Um, like I said, I'm not expecting the Jets to add three or four or five players, but I would be surprised if they don't bring in one forward and one defenseman. Uh, now, what level of, of player that is, uh, we know that it'll be a high character player uh, and you know probably someone with some size and some bite, but... It also would not hurt them to get a little bit more offense uh, into the into the lineup, especially, you know, depending on what's going on with Velarde's injury here. I mean, this is this is a guy who has been a very good player for the Jets whenever he's been in the lineup, outside of the times when he's been banged up. Well... And sorry, this is a great question, or a great point by Baby Yoda. Maybe Dallas just seems to up their game whenever they... Whenever they what? I'm not sure. Sorry, I... Well they get to the playoffs. Whenever they get to the playoffs, when they play the Jets, maybe it looks like maybe. No, no, I I think
0: he's saying that about the playoffs. And this is actually something I wanted to talk about because uh we can say all we want about the Winnipeg Jets, and you'll have to clear that off when it's time there, Ken. But oh sorry. Uh you can say all we can say all we want about the Jets kind of sleepwalking through the wins that they've been getting against lesser teams uh over the last little while um and i don't know someone was trying to make the point thought they had a gotcha moment there when they were talking about like half the teams in the league being below the playoff line and the jets winning and all this kind of stuff like i said five of their last six games against teams over the playoff line they've lost like that that's pretty damning to me you know what i mean like if you if you are not able to beat the teams above the playoff line the teams that you will be playing in the like that's the difference if you're trying to figure out what i'm saying is the difference the teams below the playoff line you're not gonna have to play them in the playoffs. The teams above the playoff line, you're playing in the playoffs. And if you're going five uh, losses out of your last six games against those teams, it's probably saying where your game is right now. So what we've seen from the Winnipeg Jets for a while here is a team that's able to just muster enough to get past Bottom feeding teams, and then they haven't been able to do it when it's good teams. And this point about the stars, I think, and it's an important important one because why I have talked about and why the last four or five shows, a lot of the conversations we've been having, Ken, is around the Jets and like letting the standard slide is. Like the, the idea that the Jets, okay, can they turn it on? Because in the past, that's been the problem with them. The Jets, when they I say it, say it time and again, when their foot slips off the gas pedal, they have a hard time finding it again. That's the history of the Winnipeg Jets. Go back and look it up. That's what we know from the Winnipeg Jets. That's not the Dallas Stars. The Dallas Stars are a team that goes through these little lulls like they've been going through before this game. Uh, and then when it comes playoff time, they find a way. The Stanley Cup uh, year that they go that they go and lose to the Tampa Bay Lightning, they just turn it on. They find it at the right time, and they go. They show up at the right time. They're always a tough out in the playoffs. And so tonight, to me, is just an example of, listen, the Jets have been playing you know mediocre hockey, although they've been resulting in wins. The Dallas Stars have been playing mediocre hockey. It's been resulting in losses. I think a lot of people in Winnipeg were kind of patting themselves on the back and say hey we're a good team we know how to find a way to win and these other teams didn't well on this night when two teams looked at each other and said Kay, enough messing around like we've been doing it's time to raise our games it was the Dallas Stars who raised their game higher and they've got the muscle memory to do that and that is the final frontier for the Winnipeg Jets is finding a way to make sure that when they really need their best against the best that they find it Dallas Stars have a history of doing that. The Winnipeg Jets don't. That's why I bring that up all the time. That's why I think it's a concern. Um, Ken, we should
1: talk. Uh, Sorry, just, one, oh, just go, to that point that you said. I mean, Rick, Rick Bonus made it clear we haven't brought our A game against them. There's just not enough guys tonight, and in those games, they've brought their A game. A B game is not going to beat them, and they've played better than we have all year, basically. So, no, you cannot beat the Stars with your without your best. And the Jets haven't found their best against them. They have found their best against some elite teams in the NHL this year. So, yes, I mean, you got to play who's on your schedule. They've played very well against Boston, against some of those other teams, but they've also stumbled against some of the best teams. So there's work to be done, and there's work to be done for every team in the league. That's why it's so wide open this year.
0: Ken, I'm gonna go and uh, pat myself on the back the same way. So many people in our chat room were patting the Jets on the back for finding a way to win against some of the bottom teams in the league. Uh, with w- our commentary the last little while, where we've talked about why the Jets barely slipping past the Arizona Coyotes and the Chicago Blackhawks and teams like that, and not playing their game properly, why that matters. I think it's good analysis that shows up in a game, uh, in a game like this, and you know people kind of see on this Display what the issues are. Uh, I'll say telling the truth in that case, really paid off. And if you're looking to pay off high interest credit cards or debt, we suggest you go talk to our friends at Cambrian Credit Union about their payoff loan. They can show you how starting out or or how taking out a loan to pay off your debt actually gets you debt-free faster and you can save thousands of dollars. Go to cambrian.mb.ca to book an appointment online. And just a reminder, Ken, we don't talk about it as much anymore, but uh, we don't just talk about Cambrian uh, because they're a sponsor of this show. Both uh, you and I are customers of theirs, you members. and I have a mortgage there. Both you, I mean, I've got. I think our household has like six or seven accounts with them, including including all my kids. We've been, uh, we're not, we're we're putting our money where our mouth is in this kind of situation. We're not telling you to go someplace where we wouldn't uh, or don't know that there's great service. Uh, we absolutely know that. So uh, always great to have Cambrian on board. Um, the the line splitting, Ken. What did you make of it? What did you think that Rick Bonus was trying to achieve? And do you think he came anywhere near? or do you think he was on to anything with any of the
1: moves? Well, I just think that it was one of the nights where the Jets had too many passengers and uh, I think he was just looking for answers. Um, much like we say before, when, when you put a worker bee like Vladislav Nemesnikov on the top line, you want some of those other guys to get moving. And we talked about it. Mark Shifley had a great game against Vancouver. He had another four-pointer uh, sandwiched in there. Uh, But this was not a night where Mark Shifley was a dominant player. And in a game against Dallas, the Jets need their Mark Shifley to be Mark Shifley if they want to beat the Dallas Stars. They need Kyle Connor to be a dangerous sniper. Uh, I didn't think either one of those guys was really rolling today. Um, Again, this is not blaming one or two players. Nikolai Ehlers was not at his best today. Uh, And, you know, even Sean Monahan, I I made a couple nice plays, but he wasn't as you know, dominant a player as he has been. So again, the Jets did not have enough guys going. So the blender is also out, Sean and Rick Bonus was very vehement when I asked him about it. A lot of it was because Villardi was out of the mix because of the injury. Uh, but none of those guys were really playing that well uh, together. So you're just sort of, uh, you know, the blender was on the industrial strength spin cycle. Uh, do I think they landed on anything they're going to use on Saturday? I have no idea. I don't think so. Uh, but I do wonder what, you know, A, who's first in? Is it Kapari? Is it David Gustafson? Because he's played, you know, played his six games. And maybe they want to move, if they want to move Nemestikov up the lineup, Sean, then you're going to have Gustafson probably centering the fourth line. I mean, you could have Kapari there also. But Rick Bonus didn't like his face-off numbers. So, you know, which way are you going to lean if you're going to do that? And now you're playing a team in Carolina that, uh, I think has been pretty hot coming out of the break and pushing their way up in their division and in the conference. So, uh, And also, I, I have no idea who he's going to, you know, here's another chance. Now, do you put Ehlers back on the top line or do you want to keep that balance because you've seen chemistry with Ehlers and Monahan lately and then you kind of see what you want to do with the rest of it between, uh, you know, between Perfetti and between Nemesnikov and maybe between Niederreiter, uh, who got a bump up as well. So, I'm curious what they're going to do. I don't have a great answer for you right now. Uh, And just a quick one, uh, Jason Guralnik. Yes, Andrew Kopp played right out of college, but he finished his junior year and played one game in the NHL that year. He wasn't asked to jump on to a top six line coming into the NHL, nor was he asked, and nor is Rutger McGroerty, for as many skills as he has as a young player, Andrew Cobb's an elite defensive player, which is why Andrew Cobb didn't need to spend time in the American Hockey League. Um, Anyways, don't mean to be sidetracked. I'm curious what the Jets are going to do with the Lions and Sean. Sean, I I have no idea. Well, I no I mean, what they're gonna
0: do we, we know the analytics haven't looked good on the first line for a while and and listen I I, I know that Huss had said this. I was on a Twitter chain with him uh, and I agreed with this like as long as the Jets kept winning and as long as that first line was scoring their way to winning, uh, it, it's hard to like snap that and break that up. but if I were a coach, who is taking a look at that line and seeing how often they were basically on the wrong side of all of the stats, except for the scoreboard. Um, I would be looking for an opportunity to maybe try something different. Now, maybe Gabe Velarde uh, and his injury are going to force that anyway. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I take a look at that scenario and I think the Jets to that top line tonight got a little bit exposed. uh, And to be honest with you, had been getting exposed to a degree in some of the games against inferior competition. uh, But they just are so, so, you know... quick strike capable that they were scoring their way out of problems that they were creating that doesn't last for long and it definitely doesn't last against good teams the way that it was lasting against some of the bottom feeders in the NHL I just wanted to or you on talk about top line media just quickly. Tunnel, which is T will you can't burn the last cheap years of 55 and 37 especially with 37 playing at this year this level you have to buy I couldn't agree more to me the thing about this is where the Jets are now they've basically said and and listen the jets like to pay good mind to the future it's it's done well for them um but having invested the way they have with mark shifley and Connor hellebuck and trying to open up this window and them being good right now like they're they're i mean they're 30 old players uh coming up now now this is great right at 30 uh Blake Wheeler looked absolutely impenetrable, just a dominant hockey player. There's potential within, I mean, it's not unheard of for 33 year old players to tail off, right? So if Mark Scheifele starts tailing off by the age of 33, you can't be surprised about it. I think that he's going to be one of those guys who lasts pretty long because of his commitment, because of his health, because of the way he prepares his nutrition, all those kind of things. But if they slow down at 33, it's it's actually the norm. It, it, he'd be an outlier if he wasn't doing that. So these are the years. This is it now. And if the Jets are sitting hovering around first place in the NHL and that's not enough for them to take a look and say, hey, we need to go for this. I don't know what is. I don't think they're doing it right. I mean, the Jets have done a good job of staying relevant for a really long time, but at some point, when you got a good poker hand, you got to push your chips into the middle of the table. And listen, this coming from the guy last year who I remember on this podcast against a lot of the people who were not agreeing with it, oh, uh, or you saying they needed to go in, they needed to go all in. And I said they didn't deserve, they didn't earn. Uh, the right for their G- GM to go all in, falling apart the, the way they had. They've earned it this year. There's no questions left. The Winnipeg Jets have shown their general manager that they're a capable team, that they're playing the right way, that they're committed down the stretch, that they're not going to like drop everything the way that they did in years past. And you have to reward that. So I think that there's, I think there's a couple moves, if two, if not three moves left. For, uh Kevin Chevel day off to make here uh, that would be my expectation I just wanted to bring this up here because boring Sean Monahan with a very unboring comment here where he says sometimes Rennie is insufferable tonight is one of those nights I got to tell you boring Sean Monahan I can feel your frustration and it feeds me it just keeps me alive it's it's it, this is a good night because I know somewhere out there boring Sean Monahan is stabbing himself under the table with a fork it just it's a picture that just brings a smile to my face Ken. uh let's get to the johnson group got you covered play of the game it's a good one.
1: Oh, it is it ever um and for those who didn't see or will hear or watch or read or or whatever else uh i asked uh, pete DeBoer about brandon Dillon this morning and he basically said he, he's one of the favorite his favorite people that he's ever coached and he was not the least bit surprised that he's blossomed into a top four defenseman uh in this league and Then Brendan Dillon just went out and made one exceptional play. Uh, This is why we always talk about value-added. This play will not show up in any box score, but it will show up in every single highlight reel um, for a coaching staff, showing its players how to box out, how to give maximum effort. The Jets had just killed off the front end of a 5-on-3. There's a shot on goal that is stopped by Connor Hellebuck, and Matt Duchesne's eyes got about this big, when he saw a rebound kick out. But Brendan Dillon has his head on a swivel, finds Matt Duchesne's stick, and absolutely outmuscles him to prevent a backdoor tap-in for a power play goal to keep the Jets in the game. I, I love the play. It embodies everything we talk about when it comes to the Johnston Group got you covered play of the game because it is something that is a selfless act uh, that takes great awareness And kept the Jets in this game, even though they were not able uh, to bounce back in it or rally to win it. But that's just an exceptional play that Sean, he didn't quit on the play. And that's a play you're going to have to make in the Stanley Cup playoffs if you want to be a successful team.
0: Uh, great comment here by Winnipeg Gabriel Vivaldi who says some players are thirty-nine and still relevant against us. Awesome, awesome timing uh to point that out. I think you nailed that. Brennan Dillon closing that out. That's a goal. Uh and it was Duchesne, right? Who, Duchesne, who uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, great player with great hands around the net. He's made his money there. And that's just an absolute. 23 snips play. this
1: year for Duchesne.
0: No doubt. Uh that is a perfect. Perfect representative of the We've Got You Covered Johnston Group play of the game, no doubt. And hey, do you run a small business in Canada? Look to Canada's number one employee benefits plan, Chambers Plan, to give you a competitive edge. Chambers Plan is the simple, stable, smart choice for over 30,000 businesses countrywide. Visit chamberplan.ca to learn more. Uh, that's the Chamber Plan. Uh, Johnston Group Got You Covered play of the game, the Kenny and Rennie OGs. Ken, let's mix it up a little and go with the lamplighter next.
1: Yeah, you know, my temptation is to, um, you know, build on what uh, Gabriel Vivaldi has just referenced in the absolutely absurd and ridiculous redirection by Joe Pavelski, but I'm going to the blue paint special from Logan Stankoven. He got, he whacked the puck out of the air before Wyatt Johnston could, and Johnston was the guy who was closer to the puck. And... For a guy who's five foot eight, he goes to all the hard areas. I talked to a lot of people around the stars today. They just love this guy. Um, in, in some circumstances, Sean, not only might Stan Coven have been ready this year before he went to the American League, he might have been ready last year. Yeah. Uh, but the Kamloops Blazers were hosting the Memorial Cup. He's a Kamloops guy. Um, they didn't have to rush him because they have a bunch of offensive players, and it didn't really make sense for him to be a bottom six forward, even though he's a digger. Um, I loved everything about the Stankoven play. He was battling that whole shift. He made an incredible saucer pass before the initial scoring chance on that play and then got to the front of the net and won a great big battle in front to score. So that's why it's my lamp later. It's the way. Absolutely. The way.
0: the way he starts it, quite often, uh, if I'm picking a lamplighter, I'll go and I'll pick a play that it may not be the prettiest, but it's the right one, the kind, of, the kind of goal that, as a hockey coach, you're looking at and saying, now that's a goal, right? So many things done right by that hockey player, and it's just one right move on one right move on one right move on one right move that adds up to a goal. It's not, you know, a lot of, the, you know, sometimes we've been seeing offense recently from the top line of the Jets, that's where, you know, you you know, they're, they're getting caved in in their own end, they head down the other way, get a good balance, boom, it's in the back of the net, right? Like, those are the things that you can't expect to happen over and over again. If you're Logan Stankovin and you're making the plays that he made that added up to that goal and that play, that's going to happen over and over and over again. Uh, boy, oh boy, it's going to drive some people nuts, and I know some people hate it when we talk about players on other teams or other teams, period, on this podcast, but boy, oh boy, the Dallas Stars have a player in Logan Stankovin and uh, the Jets are going to be dealing with that in the Central Division for years to come. Couldn't agree more that that is the uh, lamplighter of the game, but it doesn't matter. A lot of people out there are going to pick Nemesnikov because it's the only jet school. A lot of people will go in whatever direction they want. That's the thing you got to do. Go in whatever direction you want. Tell us what your lamplighter of the game is, and you are automatically entered to win a frosty, delicious 8-pack of lamplighter amber ale brought to you by our friends at TransCanter Brewing Company. If you can't wait for Kenny and Rennie to gift you your 8-pack, head on down to TransCanter Brewing Company. Join them in their tapper at one twelve ninety Keniston Avenue Boulevard, Keniston Boulevard, where we will be having our final live KNR podcast on April 6th. It's going to be a great event. If you haven't got your tickets, go out and get them now. Just search Kenny and Rennie Eventbrite April 6th and it will pop up. You can get those tickets and we will see you in the room. Small room show. It's capped. Can't turn it into a big room show like we have in the past. So there's a limited amount of tickets. Uh, so make sure you get in there before it's all sold out. Winner of the Lamplighter from the last game, that would be one Tracy Okranik Tracy, you know what to do. Oh, well at done, at Tracy. And Sean Reynolds. Send me your full name and send me an email. I will send you a voucher for a frosty, delicious, eight pack of lamplighter amber ale brought to you by our friends at Transcanner Brewing Company. Ken, that means it's time for the keg save
1: of the game. What do you got? You know, honestly, it didn't end up making a huge difference, but I just love the fact that uh, Connor Helbuck stood tall right out of the gate. Uh, His stop on Mason Marchman on that breakaway is what I'm going to go with. There were some other saves that were big after the game was 3-0 and 3-1. But to me, in a game where the Jets actually had a pretty good start, and on that same shift they had a great scoring chance, follows redirection is kicked out by Ottinger, and then Marchman all of a sudden sneaks behind the defense just like... Rick Bonus said they do. He said they fly the zone all the time. And, oh, lo and behold, less than five minutes in, there's Mason Marchman on a breakaway. So the fact that, and you know, some people would say Marchman didn't make a great move. Hellebuck just stared him down, and he he, he basically shot it right into his pads. But uh, that was a big save in the in the early part of the contest and sort of allowed the Jets to still stabilize after having a good start, even though... Uh, Shortly thereafter, they kind of came apart at the seams uh, with uh, three self-inflicted wounds. But that's why I'm going with uh, that save as my keg save of the game.
0: Uh, I'll go with it. Uh, I I, I do agree with you, Ken, and I said it again. I'll say it uh, again. Sorry, I said it before. I'll say it again. I do think Connor Hellebuck was the better goalie in in this game here tonight. Uh, I just don't think that the Jets tested Ottinger enough. I think it's probably something we didn't talk enough about on this podcast, like the opportunities that they did get uh, in the second period. I, I thought that's the right way to do things, you know, to kind of just get some traffic in front of the net and start trying to get the puck to the net. But there was far too much coming from the outside and far too many times that Jake Ottinger was able to see what Always coming in on him. Whereas the stars had a number of other opportunities, like you'd said, could have been five, one for the stars in that game, not including the empty net goal. I couldn't yep. agree with you more. A couple two on ones, uh, a lot of opportunities there that Connor Hellebuck absolutely shut down. Uh, uh and you know i guess you got to give brendan Dillon his credit but we already covered that off with the johnson got you covered play of the game so i guess i'll just go along with you for the keg save of the game we agree uh, which is always a beautiful are thing you feeling on knr okay? <laughs> but but it doesn't matter if we agree uh what matters is what your keg save of the game is so share with us your hashtag the keg save of the game and you are automatically entered to win a 50 dollar gift certificate usable at any of the three fine keg locations here in the city of winnipeg each location finer than the last and the winner of that 50 dollars gift certificate is a guy who often disagrees with us and let it be known at the first oh. knr podcast this year live podcast this year ken t Coda paulie the mouth of the South, I would call him, except he lives up north. Uh, T. Kona Pauly, you have won yourself a $50 gift certificate usable at any of the three fine keg locations here in the city of Winnipeg, each location finer than the last. But if you want it, you got to direct message me at SN Sean Reynolds. And because I know that you don't have Twitter, but you do have my email, T. Kona, get a hold of me by email and I will have the keg send you your very own. voucher to the keg, any three keg locations in the city of Winnipeg, each location finer than the last. Kenny, this is the closest we're going to get to getting out of here on time. So anything to say before we go?
1: No, I I would say that I love the honesty uh, from Dylan DeMello. Um, One of the last quotes he gave to me was, was a great one. Uh, I asked, I said, you know, not necessarily a wake up call, but um, kind of one of this is to me. It's a great challenge for the jets uh, this is his response. Me, we maybe got away with some things in our game that were uncharacter—what that was uncharacteristic. I don't want to say lesser opponents, but, you know, we got away with some things maybe in previous games where today we're down 3 nothing in a heartbeat when we're not making the right plays and not making the right reads, and it kind of bit us in the butt when we were doing those things. So, yeah, a bit of a wake-up call, but I think at the same time, we understand what we did wrong, and this group is ver- is pretty good at rectifying it. So hopefully we can have a short memory here in regards to a big game on Sunday. So much like Brendan Dillon after the last game, Sean, the the recognition is the difference. This isn't just the Jets saying there's nothing to see here. It's an off night. We'll, we'll, we were fine. Maybe we had bad luck. Maybe we had bad travel. Maybe, maybe, maybe. This is absolute clear sight knowing that you need to be better and I know it's not just after the game Adam Lowry told me this morning yeah the Jets won f- four in a row and seven of eight but they didn't feel like they were at their standard or at their level now they they didn't get to their level today and the flip side of this Sean Matt Duchesne thought the stars had been playing better than their record during this last stretch even though they weren't getting rewarded for it and did get their ass kicked. By the Colorado avalanche. So uh, I think there was recognition there. And that's why I expect the Jets to be sharper and they better be sharper because we know what happened last time they rolled in to Carolina. Their top line got sat for the majority of a period and it was part of the spiral
0: no doubt and like I said they're another uh, top NHL team uh, which the Jets haven't fared well against uh, as of late again last six games against teams above the playoff line the Jets have lost five of those so they need to start showing again that they are competitive when they play those top teams I just I wanted to say this one last time bring up boring Sean Monaghan whose comment was anything but boring when he says sometimes Rennie is insufferable tonight is one of those nights I just have to pick at this scab again Ken Uh, I wonder if it drives people like boring Sean Monahan nuts. When games ago we talk about the Jets not playing well and everyone talks about how crazy we are and that we're nitpicking and they won and you guys are always so negative. I wonder if it drives people like boring Sean Monahan nuts when the stuff that we say in this podcast, which the Jets and their coach don't say at the beginning and then finally they come out and say, yeah, we haven't been playing well. I wonder if that drives people like boring Sean, Sean Monahan nuts. I'm going to be honest, Ken. I hope it does. I truly hope it does. Anyways, folks, uh, that's enough for Heal Rennie on this night. Time for us to get out of here. We really, really appreciate uh, everybody joining us here. Just stay tuned. It's going to be a little bit weird. Uh, Rennie got co-opted into the Hockey Night in Canada. Montreal Canadiens beat. So I'm off to Tampa tomorrow, and I'll be in Tampa on for Saturday night for Hockey Night in Canada. It's an afternoon game for the Jets. I'm going to be in the middle of a broadcast day, which is going to make it really, really difficult. Uh, for me to pull off being there, so it's either going to be Ken going early or me going late after the Canadians game. Uh, we will let you know what it's going to be at some point, but stay tuned for that because it may be a little bit of a different day or maybe right on, uh, timing after the game just without Rennie involved, which would probably make someone like Sean Monaghan. A little bit boring Sean Monahan. a little bit happier on a night like tonight. Anyways, Ken, great job. Great job to the chat room. And if you appreciate the conversations happening in this space, please, please appreciate our sponsors who fight to keep the conversation going in this space for us. That's Vittorio Rossi, Pristine Rupin, Cambrian Credit Union, Sweet Lou Ferlin, the Kenny and Rennie OGs in the Johnson Group, and of course the Keg and TransCanada Brewing Company. Thank you to them. Thank you to all of you. We'd love to chat with you and do it all over again when the Jets have their next big test Saturday afternoon against the Carolina Hurricanes. Love to see after that. Bye-bye.